All right. <clears throat> In the spirit of camp, the title of my message is Above the Noise, but I have a subtitle, and it's called Don't Get Stuck. Somebody say, Don't Get Stuck. Let's take a look. Genesis 37, we're going to talk about the Bible's famous dreamer this morning. Verse 1, it says, Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. It says, Joseph, somebody say Joseph, being 17 years old, any teenagers in the house, make some noise, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. Now, it would be easy just to read right on, but I want you to catch, catch this, that Joseph was the son of his father's love. That Israel loved him because he was in his old age. Scholars say that Israel, Jacob, would have been 91 years old when he had Joseph. Now, if you know Jacob's story, it was not an easy story. He had been through so much pain and heartache. His story is littered with trial after trial. He had been through so much and lost so much. He had lost his wife, Rachel. He had lost his father, Isaac. And when you get that old and you're that tired and life is that hard, leaving earth doesn't seem so much of a bad idea. But then God sends a little boy or a little girl to you. And God sent Joseph to Israel. And Joseph was Israel's reason to keep going. Come on, because there's nothing like a little boy or a little girl to keep you to keep going. Come on, there's nothing like a little boy or a little girl to get you up out of bed because you know you need to be there for them in the morning. You know that they're counting on you. Come on, there's a next generation that's reason enough to get up out of bed and keep praying, keep believing God, and all of a sudden, you have reason to live again. And this little boy, Joseph, is looking Jacob right in the eyes, and all of a sudden, it makes sense. All the lessons that life has taught me and all the strength that I've acquired and all the tools that I have in my tool belt, it's for you, Joseph. So Jacob is lavishing Joseph with his love. He's the reason for Jacob to keep going. And it says this, verse 3, that he made him a tunic of many colors. You may have heard of the famous coat of many colors. Now, there's a lot of scholars who will uh, disagree on the interpretation of what the robe looked like, what the coat looked like, but scholars will all agree that this would have been a very distinguished robe, a very distinguished robe. This tunic would have been a long tunic that extended all the way to his palms and to his ankles. Now catch this, it would have been a separate tunic from those worn by the working class. Long tunics represented royalty. Come on, if you're waiting for me to preach, I'm already preaching. I want you to catch the symbolism. This is what God clothes you with. Because those of the upper class did not work. Oh, come on, you can catch this. There's going to be some things that God has for you that you don't have to work for. Come on, there's going to be some things that God has for you that you just stand there and inherit. 
Come on, I'm talking about lands. I'm talking about houses you did not build. I'm talking about wells you did not dig. I'm talking about olive trees and vineyards that you did not plant. God has some things for you that he just wants you to inherit. Not only that, but the tunic, this type of tunic was worn by a priest. So Jacob was anointing Joseph for the priestly service. Come on. Now, the funny thing is that that service, that role, should have gone to the firstborn. Somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. That tunic was supposed to be given to the firstborn, but Jacob, having this understanding, because he was also the second child, said, I'm going to give you what should belong to another. And I'm here to tell somebody this morning that God is going to give you some things that should be going to another. Come on, you're going to get the promotion. You're going to get the job. Come on, you're going to get the degree. Come on, you're going to move into the house, the house that should go to another. This is a clear picture of grace. I was on the phone with this boy is actually a youth that I used to mentor and we're still in contact. Come on, because God is into doing permanent works and he's calling me over. He's in the military now and he was calling me and he was telling me the story of how he got this promotion in the military. And he was saying that he studied so hard for this test so he could get the job and he failed the test by three points. He was so close. He was so close, but he was so determined that if he gets a chance again, he's gonna study even harder. He's going to put even more work in, right? He's going to do what it takes to pass the test a second time. So a time passes. He takes the test again, and this time he fails the test even worse. But this time, they give him the promotion anyway. Come on. And he was asking questions. I said, don't ask no questions. This is a picture of grace because you might fail the test, but God's going to give you the promotion anyway. Come on. I might fail the test, but God's going to give it to me anyway. God is wanting you to get this revelation of inheritance, that he has something that he wants to clothe you with that you didn't work for, something that should go to another. But God is wanting to clothe you this morning because God loves to clothe his children in distinguished robes. Hear me, let me take you to the Bible real quick. God clothed Adam with the skins of animals to cover Adam's shame and nakedness. Samuel the prophet, a boy, but he was clothed year after year with a robe that he would have to grow into. Jonathan, if you read your Bible, it's a a good thing to read your Bible, right? Jonathan, when in a moment with David, the shepherd boy, Jonathan was a prince. And he's looking at David and Jonathan takes off his royal robe, the Bible says, and he wraps it around that shepherd boy, distinguishing him and recognizing him that you're the king and not me, which is an Old Testament picture of Philippians 2 when the Bible says that Jesus took off what was his when he had the right to hold on to it. He took off what was his to put it on you. Can somebody say thank you, Jesus? Isaiah 61, 10, can you put this up? It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. Look at this. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Everybody across the room, just close your eyes real quick. I want you to picture something. Now picture the Father coming behind you and he tells you put your arms out i'm going to put this robe of righteousness on you hear this part 
It is my robe of righteousness. Not your righteousness, my righteousness. Now put it on. Put it on. How does that feel? Come on. He clothes you with the robe of righteousness. Okay, come on. You can open your eyes now. But, but I advise you, don't take the uh, robe off. Isaiah 61.3 says, he gives you the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Come on, if there's heaviness in the room, I believe that God wants to exchange those garments this morning. Clothe, Proverbs 31.25 says, I will clothe you in strength and dignity. Does anybody need strength this morning? All throughout the Psalms, you'll hear this phrase, his wrap around presence. You'll remember the demoniac in the Gadarenes. Now you think your situation's messed up. This guy was messed up. He had literally thousands of demons possessing him in one moment. The Bible says he was naked and in a graveyard cutting himself with rocks. One moment in the presence of Jesus and the man is completely delivered. And the Bible says those who were in the town who were staying away from him, when he was delivered, they came to him and they found him clothed and in his right mind. Where would he have gotten his clothes? He was naked in a graveyard, cutting himself with rocks. That means one apostle had to have taken off his apostolic garment and put that over the demoniac of Gadarenes. And he was clothed in an apostolic garment. Come on, get the picture, get the picture. The last one, the prodigal son. Right? You remember this, this boy who went out and blew his father's inheritance and he's coming up the road back to his father's house because he knows he's better off with daddy. So he comes back to dad. His father sees him from afar off. Compassion swells in his heart. The father takes off to wrap his boy around. And the Bible says that he, he calls for the servant to go call out his best robe. The Passion Translation says his own robe. Now this is just me. This is not in the text, but this is just me. But I don't believe that this would have been the first time that the father called for a servant to get his robe. Because good fathers give previews. Good fathers will let the little boys stumble in the daddy's work boots all around the house. Come on, good fathers will put their son in the driver's seat of the pickup truck even though their feet can't touch the pedal. Come on, because good fathers give previews. Come on, good fathers will let their little boys pack their face with shaving cream, even though there's only peach fuzz underneath. Because good fathers give previews. I can see this father with his son when they were just little boys. And he calls a servant, go get my best robe. And he's clothing these little boys in this huge robe, and he's speaking to them about who they are. Come on, I can see the little boys spinning dad's signet ring around their tiny little fingers as the father tells them what authority they have. So picture it now, when the father, the little boy is stumbling up the road, smelling like pig, pig pen, and the father runs out and he calls for the servant, go get my robe, my own personal robe. He wasn't informing the boy who he was. He was reminding the boy who he was. And I feel like today, some of you need a reminder of who God says you are. Come on, he calls you the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Come on, he says you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Come on, some of us need to go back to daddy so he can remind us who you are. Come on, you're a king's kid. 
Come on, don't forget who you are. You are made in the very image and the likeness of God. I feel like God sent me here this morning to remind you. Have you forgotten who you are? Has life robbed you of your identity? You need to come back to the Father. Ooh, so he can speak words of life to you. Amen? Let's, let's drink to that. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the story goes on, and Joseph begins to dream dreams. Because when you're loved by God, dreams follow. As a matter of fact, it's the love of the Father, hear me in this one, that gives you permission to dream. I'm going to say this. The deeper the love goes, the greater the dreams become. He starts to dream grand dreams. He starts to dreams, dream dreams of royalty and authority. And I would love to tell you that it was smooth sailing for Joseph to see those dreams fulfilled. But that's not how his story goes. And that's not how your story goes. As a matter of fact, Ben, you can come back up to the stage. Joseph went through a process. I'm going to put it straight. He went through hell. He suffered betrayal from his brothers. And some of you have suffered betrayal. And betrayal cuts to the core. The painful thing about betrayal is it's not just what happens, but it's who did what happened to you. Someone that you opened up your heart to. Somebody that should have had your back. Come on, because I'm talking to somebody this morning. Remember, don't get stuck. Somebody say, don't get stuck. Come on, has betrayal got you stuck? Has betrayal got you stuck? You, 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 you put walls up around your heart because you swore to yourself, I'll never be hurt like that again. And your heart got calloused in, in an attempt to protect yourself. But God did not intend for your heart to be calloused. Come on, God wants you to have a heart of flesh. <clears throat> so his brothers actually strip Joseph of his coat and they push him into a pit until the opportunity can come for him, for them to sell him to some traders on their way to Egypt. So there Joseph goes in a foreign land and he's bought by this guy named Potiphar in Egypt and he starts working his way up. And the Bible says that God was with Joseph. And I want you to hear that because even though you're going through pain and maybe some of the pain caused you to question, well, if God was real or if God loved me, then why did I go through the pain? Okay, but I'm here to tell you that it wasn't God inflicting that pain. God has given every person here a free will. But God was real and God was good in the sense that he was with you in the pain. God was with you in the pain and God was with Joseph and Joseph began to rise in the ranks this took a period of time, but finally, he's in charge of his master's affairs. The master promotes Joseph because he sees that God is with them, and Joseph begins to become very successful. So successful, though, that he draws the attention of Potiphar's wife, and she starts to try to seduce him and, and form this relationship with him, but he's a man of integrity, and he's a man of morals, and he did not forget who he was. And so he refused to do that. In one moment, Potiphar's wife comes and she's trying to make another attempt at Joseph. And so she bribes, um, grabs him by the coat and says, sleep with me. And he bolts off and he leaves her there with his coat 
in her hand. And so she screams. She's humiliated and she will not be left feeling that way. So when the guards finally come, she says, this guy tried to rape me. I screamed and he took off. Word got to the master and, it, and, and he, the master decided to throw Joseph in prison. All that Joseph had worked for. And now in a moment, he lost everything. This is where his situation went from bad to worse. And that's who I feel like God sent me to talk to this morning. You were good in bad. You believed God in bad. Things were not ideal, but you kept your faith. You kept your identity, right? You got back up to church and you kept going and you kept serving, but then your situation went from bad to worse. And that's where dreams die. Dreams die when situations go from bad to worse. It's not that you lost the job, it's that you lost the job after you lost your parents. It's not that your business just went bankrupt, but it's that you, your business went bankrupt after the cancer diagnosis. It's not that your kids are not talking to you, it's that your kids are not talking to you and you have no money. What events in your life have transpired and gotten you to this place where you don't believe God like you used to? You're stuck. You're in prison. The dreamer is held captive in prison. What situation in life has held the dreamer on the inside of you in prison? Come on, because you think that the situation has to be favorable for God to move. As long as I have the job, as long as I have the gig, as long as I'm playing this sport, everything will go well for me. But God doesn't mind you being stripped of anything and everything to show you that all you need in life is your faith in God. Come on, God will take two loaves and five fish and he'll feed multitudes. God will take a rag and a rock and slay giants. God will take a man in his hundreds and birth a nation. If you lose everything, I want you to know you and God are still the majority. You and God are still the majority. This morning, you're getting your faith back. Come on, in a moment, we're going to pray. In this moment, you're going to get your faith back. I'm going to say it like this. God needs you to get your faith back. There, are, there is so much potential in this room. The seeds, oh, come on, man, of the dreams that God has placed in every one of you. And there are so many seeds by the wayside because you, your situation went from bad to worse. But God's going to give you a grace this morning to pick those up again. Oh, come on, nations are waiting on you to pick those up again. Teenagers are waiting on you to pick those up again. Children are waiting on you to pick those up again. Somebody shout, don't get stuck. Hallelujah. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. Why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet? Come on, God's getting ready to move right now. God is getting ready to move right now. What amazes me is that Joseph didn't lose faith in the prison. That's amazing. 
what scholars believe is almost up to 10 years. And this is not like an American prison. This is ancient Egypt underground prison. I can't believe he didn't lose his faith. When the Bible says that his feet were bruised with shackles and that they put his neck in iron. Wow. And this man didn't lose sight of who he was. Oh man, what kind of love did his daddy give to him that gave him some type of sense of value that he can keep his head up in prison? Oh, come on, what type of patience and perseverance did those dreams give to him that caused his faith to be sustained 10 years in prison? Wow, what sense of value did his daddy impart into that boy saying, don't you forget who you are. Don't you forget who you are because you are not your circumstance. You are not what happened to you. Come on, you are not where life brought you. You remember you're a king's kid. Don't you forget who you are. Woo! Come on, you need to remember who God says you are. You need to remember who God says you are. He didn't lose sight. He didn't allow the prison to define him. He didn't allow the prison to rob him of his identity. He still knew who he was. Last thing. What's funny to me is that in both tragedies of Joseph's life, he lost his coat. Did you catch that when you were reading the story? When his brothers stripped him of his coat and knocked him into the pit, he lost his coat. When Potiphar's wife tries to grab him and seduce him, he takes off and she's left there with his coat. Both times he was stripped of his coat because God wanted Joseph to know without a shadow of a doubt that it is not this coat that makes you. Oh, come on. It is not your job that communicates your worth. It's not your social media following that determines your, your, your value. It's not the money in your bank account that determines how much you're worth. You're valuable all by yourself. You're valuable because you're mine. You're valuable because I made you. You're valuable because you look just like me. You're valuable. Somebody shout, don't get stuck. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you guys ready? We're going to go ahead and pray. We're going to go hit and pray. Now, I want you to know Joseph's story didn't get stuck. They didn't stop in the prison. God gave him a gift of interpreting dreams. And the moment came where Pharaoh, king of all the land, had two dreams that were tormenting uh, him. And he, ne he desperately needed interpretation. Word got around that there's this man in prison that can interpret dreams. So Pharaoh immediately calls for this man. And the Bible says that they shave him and clean him up and bring him from, uh, to the palace. From the prison one day in one moment to the palace in the next. How fast can it happen? So he's before Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him his dreams. And then Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams. And then Joseph proceeds to give Pharaoh advice saying, here's what you're going to do. There's years of plenty coming and there's going to be years of famine. You're going to appoint a wise man over all of the land. And you're going to save during the years of plenty so that you can have storehouses full in the years of famine. Come on. And Pharaoh was so impressed by the Spirit of God on this guy that he put Joseph second in command of all of the land of Egypt. And check this verse out and then we're going to pray. Check this verse out and then we're going to pray. Genesis 41, 42. Look what happens. It says, then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand. You putting it up there? I want them to see this. 
he put his signet ring off his hand and he put it on Joseph's hand. And the Bible says this, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. Oh, I just have a feeling that God is going to bring things full circle for you. If you cannot lose hope, if you cannot lose faith, come on, if you refuse to get stuck in your pain, God is going to bring things full circle for you. Come on, hands all over this room, hands all over this room. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into a worship song. Now, there is a moment here for you that God has ordained. There is a grace here to heal you of your emotional pain in the deep places. Okay, don't get stuck. What has held you stuck? Think about that right now. Not just the events. Some of you have been through series of events. It's that you took blow after blow after blow after blow. But God sent me here for you this morning. God is going to restore faith this morning. God wants you to pick up your dream this morning. I feel that God is calling some people back to the Father's arms so he can remind them of who you are. Come on. Come on. There's some kids here that need to get connected to the youth ministry so you can learn what daddy says about you. Come on, there's some people who need to get involved on the dream team so you can have some dream team members remind you what God says about you. Are you ready? Hands up all across this room. Bang, get ready to play. Father, I just pray over this, your children right now. God, you know every single story represented here in this room. God, you know the pain, but you were there with them in the pain. God, you know the hurt. You see the betrayal, and you know the dreams. God, you are highlighting dreams right now in Jesus' name. You are bringing to remembrance words that were spoken over their life. You fully intend to see the fulfillment of those words. So right now, I declare healing in those deep places. Right now, I declare healing in those deep places. Hearts are being made whole again in Jesus' name. Come on, minds are being made sound again in Jesus' name. All across this room, Father, heal, 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 heal. Come on, Father, restore. That was lost. That which was lost, you're restoring right now. Oh, come on. Come on. You know, my Bible says that in the last days, old men are going to dream dreams again. Come on. I'm calling on some old men to dream again. I'm calling on some old men to believe God again. Come on. You had faith, but it was shook, but you're going to get it back. Come on. I declare it right now. God, you are restoring faith. You are restoring dreams in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.